good I had it as a child. Everyone has a father, but I had a daddy. And I did not realize how fortunate I was, to tell you the truth, growing up. I had a daddy that tucked me into bed every single night. I had a dad that would get off work, and he'd be exhausted, tired, and I'd be outside playing basketball and he'd come over and say here as tired as can be not because he was excited about basketball but because he was excited about me he spent time with me he hugged me every day he showed me affection and love he was committed to my mother devoted to his children he took me to church every sunday and that's all I knew. And then I went into ministry. My first week in ministry, I had a phone call from a mother who said, um, this is embarrassing, but I didn't know if you were free, Darren, if you could go pick up my son. He's at the house. His father's not able to take him to school to enroll him in high school. And she said, someone needs to be there to kind of walk around the classes and help him see where he's going to be going for the school year. I said, yeah, I can do that. I went to the house and, and came in and found out that his father had passed out, was drunk in the middle of the day. I took him to school and brought him back, and I just felt so bad for that kid. But then I met another family the next day and then another family the next day. I started learning about all this brokenness. And in my first year of ministry, I called my father on the phone and I said, Dad, I am so sorry if I caused you any grief. <laughs> if I caused you any pain at all as a teen, I am so sorry. I had no idea how good I had it. I had a daddy. And I want you to know today that our God is a good daddy. Our God is a good father who loves us and cares for us and has a heart for us. And he especially has a heart for anyone who's in need. God loves the broken and he loves those who are going through pain. Because he is an advocate and a protector and a defender and he comes out to save the day. That is our God. When the Israelites left Egypt, they left as a fractured community. Years of slavery had broken their family structures apart. They didn't leave with this whole family intact, this cute Brady Bunch family that's leaving and it seems to be perfect. They they left with missing fathers and missing mothers, and they left with people who were isolated and all by themselves as this new nation of people who had, who had been enslaved and had lost their sense of family, the institution of family. And God spoke to this family in, in many ways throughout Scripture, and one common way he oftentimes referred to himself is as a father to the fatherless. In fact, I want to read, and I'm, I chose Psalm uh, 68 
verse 5 and 6 as my main text today because you can find a lot of passages that say something different. I just loved how this worded it. It said, Father of the fatherless and protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. God settles the solitary in a home. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a parched land. And what we learn about the heart of God is also something that we learn about the mission of the church. And this is our mission as a church, to follow the heartbeat of God and to seek out those who are in need and to fill that need with the God who can fill it. That's our charge. And so I want to look at the heartbeat of God today and and really just explore that. Why does God love those who are in need so much? And what does that say about our future as a church? Father to the fatherless, protector of widows. This is our God. Derek Redmond. Does that name ring a bell for anyone in here? He was an Olympic racer, Olympic runner. If you, if you don't know the name, you ought to jot it down and go YouTube it later. It's, it's a beautiful video of his big race. He had, he had won, a, I believe it's two gold medals and a silver. He had won, he had won several medals, and, but he was in peak position, and they were expecting him to break the world record in 1992, Barcelona. He lines up with all the racers, boom, he takes off. Everything's going great, and he's making the current turn for the 400-meter race. And then all of a sudden, he rips, completely tears his hamstring. And he fell to the ground. And all these runners keep on going and pass the finish line, and he is wincing on the ground. It's painful to look at him. Oh, just you know the guy's in a lot of pain. And he just failed. People come running over to try to help him, and he shooed, shooed. <laughs> he, 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 he said, get away. <laughs> he got up, and he began to hobble forward, jumping on one leg, trying to get to the finish line. And everyone's watching as he's making his way. And then out of the stands comes some stranger, some big guy with a baseball cap on and a big shirt, and he comes running out from the stands to help. Security comes over to stop him, and he shoes him away and gets over to Derek Redman, puts his arm around, and actually when he gets close to Derek, it's kind of beautiful. He puts his hand out on Derek, and Derek, it looks like he's going to shoo his father away because he's running. He doesn't know who it is, but as soon as he touches him, it's like he realizes who it is already. And he just turns to his father, and this burst of emotion from this great athlete comes out. He just starts weeping, and he puts his arm around his father and covers his face and cries, and his father walks his son across the finish line. That is the heart of our God. If today you are fatherless, 
If you don't have that daddy in your life, someone who loves you and teaches you and goes after you, teaches you how to shave and prepares you as a man for this world, if you are missing that in your life, I have good news for you. Today, I want you to be encouraged. Be encouraged today because God's heart is for those who are in need. God loves you and he is a father to the fatherless. He has a heart for you. If today you find yourself to be a widow and you know what it's like to lose your spouse and to stay up late at night and, and there's so much silence in the room that you turn the television on, not to watch, just to have some more noise in the room and you feel as though you've lost everything, be encouraged today. Be encouraged because our God has a heart for those in need. If you are one who is the solitary, if you're lonely and all by yourself, if you've got no one looking out for you or checking up on you, be encouraged today because our God is a home. If you're a prisoner, <laughs> if you're a prisoner to anything, if you're a prisoner to sin, to addiction, to your own wild emotions, to your anger, to your tongue. If you're a prisoner to anything, be encouraged today because our God gives prisoners prosperity. That is our God. That is who we serve. And he has a big heart for you. And so look up to God and say, thank you, Lord, for loving me. If you look throughout scripture, that's who God always seems to go after. He's looking out for Abraham, this old man who's so sad that he never had children. You're on my radar. He, he, he looks after the Israelites, a nation of slaves. That's when he really goes after them, when they're desperate and they need him. You go throughout all of scripture and that's what God goes after. He notices when we are in pain and when we're hurting and when we feel like no one else is there, he is. That's the encouragement. Take heart. God is here for you. And what he does is even more than just has a heart. I love how he fills the void. And I love what this passage says. It's, it's not just, hey, uh, God is a God who notices the fatherless. He identifies widows. That widow, categorized. He doesn't just notice someone who is solitary and lonely. He doesn't just notice the prisoner. He fills their needs. He meets their needs. He goes after them. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm 42 years old. I am 42 years old, Dad. <laughs> 42 now. I've got a wife. I've got six kids. I've got a job. I've got a house. But I called my daddy a couple weeks ago. I'm on the phone with him and I'm just talking. I'm just talking. I'm not, I'm not saying, Daddy, I need your help. I'm just talking. I said, hey, Dad, yeah. Yeah, I've bought this house with this three acres. I need to, need to get working on it. Winter's going to be coming here pretty soon. I've got so much to do. I feel like I'm so busy. I need to get out there. I've got some trees that have fallen over. And, oh, I can come. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'll be there. Boom. He's gone. 
Vroom, four hour drive. It means nothing. He shows up. He's got a chainsaw. He's got a weed eater. He's out there working. He, I, I, I'm trying to catch up to him. He, he's out there. He said, hey, I just burnt these hornets over here. You might want to say, wait, oh, I had hornets. I didn't. Even, yeah, you have four. Yeah, yeah. Let's go over here. What is, is this poison? ivy? We need to get rid of this. He's going to town in my yard. Hey, hey, go to town. That's great. Do you know why? Because I reached out to him and he wants to fill that need because he's a daddy. He feels responsible. I'm his son. Doesn't matter how old or young I am. He's going after me. And I tell you, that is the heartbeat of our God. And if you want to have that void filled, I'm telling you, our God will fill that void. But he fills it in a way that you may not be expecting. You go to him and say, Lord, I need a father. And he goes, well, here's a paycheck. He doesn't do that. He gives you something even more magnificent than that. He comes to those who are in need and he gives us himself. I am your father. You're a widow. I'm your protector. You're all alone. I'm your home. You're a prisoner. I'm your prosperity. He fills the need with with the very essence of who he is and he comes into our life to fill it. And so if you find yourself in need, be hopeful because God's work is for those who are in need. That's what he's doing. That's what he's been doing for 2,000 years when we were lost in our sin and we were in desperate need for salvation. He didn't fill the void with something else some bull or some goat. He filled the need with himself. He sent his word to die on the cross for our sins, for your sins. That's our God. He loves you so much and he fills that need and says, here I am. Is there even a need as great as the size and magnitude of God himself? What do you need once he enters the picture? He's God, and he comes into our lives. If you are in need today, whatever that need is, look up to God and say, Lord, it's time I let you be that filler in my life. Be my father. Be my protector. Be my home. Be my prosperity. I'll let you in and have a great relationship with him. I look at this passage and I'm, I'm overwhelmed with the beauty of it. It's a God who is completely in love with people. And when he sees a need, it doesn't take four hours for him to get to you. He's there. Now, if you're tired of religion, anyone here tired of religion? Tired of tradition? Tired of of stagnation and tired of stuffiness? I want you to listen to the beauty of James chapter 1, verse 27. Because the heart of God needs to be the heart of the bluff church, and it needs to be your heart in your life. And we learn what good religion truly is. 
James chapter 1, verse 27 says, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. That's the purpose of the church, not just to live righteous and holy lives, but as we're living righteous and holy lives, we are looking for those in need to fill their void because we are the hands of God and we are the eyes of God and we're going out with the feet of God to minister to others. That's how he's going to touch so many people in Poplar Bluff this next year. He's going to use our church to do it. Our church, our people, let us have a heart for those in need. This is the habit of a church that defines a church. This is what causes others in the community to go, oh, that's a good church. I know it is because I see them working in the community, changing people's lives. When we have a heart for true justice, when something's wrong, and we desire for it to be right. It's not right for there to be fatherless homes. It's not right for there to be widows who have no advocates. And when we have that heart, we live out the purpose of God. Would you do that this week? Would you look around your neighborhood? Look down your street Look over around your cul-de-sac and ask yourself, is there a fatherless family that I can go and be a father to? Is there a young man who needs to be taught how to shave? Is there, is there someone I can teach what, what a budget is like? I, I sat down with a young man two weeks ago and he was looking at me, he's trying to get out on his own, and he's a fine young man. And I said, so is everything going well? You know, he's, he's, he's getting a job, and he's, he's, trying to, he's going to try to make it, and he's, he doesn't have a father in his life. And he looked at me, and he said, I'm scared. I have no idea how to do a budget. I remember that fear. And do you know what I had whenever I had that fear? I had a father who was there for me. Who's going to be there for this young man? Who's going to look down and say, well, this is kind of how we do a budget? Who's going to do that? And who is in your neighborhood that needs that? That needs someone who looks over and finds someone in need and says, I will fill that need for you because I know what my God is like and my God has a heart for you. Is there a widow in your neighborhood? If there is, don't let her mow her own yard. <laughs> And don't let her pay you for it unless that causes more stress, because sometimes it causes more stress. I'll just take the money, give it to the church or something, whatever, you know. Uh, but, but is there someone, is there an elderly family that you know that they're in need? Fill that need. Put more responsibility on your shoulders, because that's the heart of God, to, to put it on our back so we can help those who are in need. Do you know someone who's lonely? Do you work with someone that goes home and they've got no one to share Thanksgiving with? Well, then now's the time. Invite them to your house this Thanksgiving. I know that Thanksgiving is just your family. That's why you're inviting them because they don't have one. And now they can share Thanksgiving with you. 
Now they can have a mom and a dad and kids. They can come in and experience the joy of family life. Invite someone this Thanksgiving to your home. Look over and see someone who's a prisoner. Someone who's trapped in, in sin. Trapped and unable to get out. And drop to your knees and ask the Lord, give me insight. How could I help them prosper? How could I help them get up and go? Because that's good religion. That is pure and undefiled religion when we are living righteous lives and we're looking out for those in need and we're filling that need. This is our God and do not ever forget it. We need to be ready because God's people are for those in need. If we are truly the people of God, that's what we're going to look like. Psalm 68, verse 5 and 6 again. Father of the fatherless and protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. God settles the solitary in a home and he leads out the prisoners to prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a parched land. This beautiful psalm describes a God that can take a nation of slaves that have had their families completely fractured, and we can understand now how they prospered. Because they had a God who had a heart for them. Let us have a heart for those in need in our community. And I want to say one more thing as I end. I want to talk to all the teenagers in the room. There are some teens in your school who have great, great needs. And the impact a strong Christian can make in a school by looking over and noticing the need and going over to befriend and to be kind and to offer grace and hope, that will last them last their whole life, how much that will mean to them. Open your eyes and realize where God's heart is and go over and stand right there and match his heart. Let's pray. Lord, what a good, good God you are. I am just so blessed to be here at the Bluff Church I am so encouraged that we welcome people so well, that we love people so well. I'm so encouraged because of the service of the church and the ministry opportunities that we pour out into the community. And Lord, I pray that we would continue to do just that. I pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes to see that we live in a world that has a lot of pain, a lot of heartache. And there are those in the world that seem needy when they aren't in need. And sometimes that discourages us. But Lord, the truth is, is that we are surrounded by people who are truly in need and we do nothing about it. So I pray as a church that our eyes would always be open. And I pray that as individuals, that we would seek to live this message out. Pray, Lord, that we would start to fill more people's voids. That we would 
that we would extend your love and that we would introduce people to the God who sent his son to die for our sins. Oh, Lord, I love you. I love you so much. And I thank you. I thank you for putting a father into my life. I thank you for giving me a wonderful wife and for blessing me beyond measure. Lord, to those who have been given much, much is required. And so, Lord, I pray that I can pass on the beauty of what you offer to others. And Lord, I pray that together, together we would sing your praise with our lives and our service. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> let's all stand together. Let's worship the God. Amen.